0: Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun.
1: This is Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com.
0: Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com.
2: Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the Ghost
0: Host, Sophia, on liveparanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns, and Ghost hunter's author Marley Gibson. And you're, you're listening, listening to ghost, ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli.
1: and Michael Perry.
3: And we're here. Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli
0: and weekly
4: Paranormal Weekly.
0: Weekly at (laughs) liveparanormal.com.
2: This is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on liveparanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Timberelli on LiveParanormal.com.
0: Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Timberelli on LiveParanormal.com.
4: This
1: is author Alexandra Holzer. And you're listening to ghost host, Sophia Temporelli.
4: Hi, this is
0: Jeff Belanger, host of 30-odd minutes, founder of ghostvillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books. And you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on liveparanormal.com. Boom! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, an executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com.
1: This is April the Psychic Housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary, right here
0: on Live Paranormal.
1: Congratulations, Sophia.
0: I love you,
3: and I'm so proud of you. That's right. It's the Ghost Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. And thank you all for tuning in today, and uh, congratulations, Sophia, on 11 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com. And now on GhostHunting.com has been added to the lineup, too, as well. Feel free to call into the show, 347-202-0316. That's 347 uh, 202 Feel free to jump into the liveparanormal.com chat room. It only takes a second to sign in, get an avatar, and you're part of the LP family. And any questions for our guests, too, make sure that they're all caps so we can distinguish among the chatter in the chat room, too, as well. And you. Uh, um, I hope everyone's safe out there today. We welcome renowned second-generation astrological spiritual consultant, Jeff Harmon. Everyone visit jeffharmon.com. That's Harmon with an A, so Jeff, H-A-R-M-A-N, so jeffharmon.com. On Instagram, at Jeff Harmon Astrologer. YouTube search Jeff Harmon. Upcoming next Saturday, we have psychic Radio Rod Shelton returning to the show uh, on the 11th next Saturday. Uh, Travel Channel's Discovery Plus' Michigan Hell House host investigator Steve Shippy and medium Cindy Caza will be on the program. They're securing their dates right now uh, to, mer- to promote the new uh, shock doc. And uh, so you don't want to miss any of these upcoming broadcasts. We have other guests that are securing their dates. So like the ghost host on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And, of course, check out the membership packages. They start as low as $2.99 a month here on Live Paranormal and Ghosthunting.com. And uh, Rob Sarek, the site founder, he's great at rewarding the audience members here. So a lot of autographed books by some of your favorite paranormal authors, DVDs, and a lot of things for uh, the members here. And, of course, support the vendors here. So uh, do that here on .com. If you miss anything, uh, free MP4 iTunes downloads are available uh, right after on uh, uh, com. I'm trying to unmute and bring our host in right now. Sophia, here we go. Sophia, congratulations on 11 years of broadcasting here on Live Paranormal.
1: Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 11 years.
3: Well, you're doing a fantastic job. You've helped a lot of people through the years. You have the Twitter, the Instagram, all these things. Where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter, at Sophia Temporelli, with one L, and Instagram, just at Sophia Temporelli.
3: Yeah, and I want to thank uh, Jeff's wife, Camille, too. She did a lot of coordinating for today's show and uh, for bringing Jeff on today. I know we had a Chinese balloon that just has been shot down, and so hearing his predictions for 2023, I'm (laughs) looking forward to that. So tell us about your guest, Sophia.
1: Today, we welcome renowned second-generation astrological spiritual consultant, Jeff Harmon. Everyone visit jeffharmon.com, Instagram at Jeff Harmon Astrologer, YouTube search Jeff Harmon, and let's welcome him into the show. I can't wait to hear about all of his predictions.
3: I know. I'm trying Whoa. to mute. That means a lot of people are listening. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming back on today. So, Jeff. As you said in the intro, you are a second-generation astrological spiritual consultant. Can you tell us, you know, obviously this runs in your family, but how this kind of all began for you, your interest in astrology?
2: Well, yeah, it was actually back in the 70s. It was my mother. She was, uh, I was driving at that time, and she started really pegging a lot of things, particularly with girlfriends. She would say, "Jeffrey, this girl's this way, or what, what have you," and I would, you know at first go okay that's mother's intuition but then after a while i went wait a minute this is a little more accurate than you know just mother's intuition i said what are you doing and she says well i'm doing their charts and i looked at it and i said come on this stuff doesn't work right and uh then the more Mm -hmm. i looked at it the more i went wow it, it it not only works it's kind of uncannily accurate and
4: um so we had a lot of
2: fun that was bc before computers and um It's uh, really been a journey for me, and and it's something I actually have not tried to pursue, but it has pursued me. And uh, paranormal stuff, I actually had a lot of encounters as a young boy with paranormal experiences, from UFOs to spirit things, ghosts, uh, premonitions, missing time. And uh, my mother was really fun, because we, we really could collaborate on that stuff I actually had some astral projection stuff that happened, happened to me probably when I think I was about six or seven years old. That was very uncanny. And um, that that's what really got me started on it. And then I've just had a, a wonderful blessing of meeting such a diverse amount of people and experiences ever since then. That it just never stopped.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that was, you know, so great for you to be able to learn that through. Your parents, I mean, because you, you know, when you're dealing with anything supernatural or in the paranormal or kind of out of the ordinary, it can really be hard for other people to understand. So when you have that bonding experience and someone you can go to to ask for advice, it's so helpful.
2: Yeah, it is. And and at least there's not resistance there to it, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think too, you know, with astrology, it is very complex looking at the dates and, you know, looking at star signs and stuff. Um, you know, you can go on Snapchat and put it in, but it doesn't mean it's the most accurate. So it's, you know, a lot of effort into what you do. So it can be very hard to learn, I think, for, you know, most people in general trying to figure out, you know, what information is accurate or not. Like you said, you learned before computers, but nowadays, you don't know which sites are the best to even try and begin researching.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to say, too, congratulations on your 11 years. That's, that's great. But um, I, I also would say the biggest issue that I have found is accessing accurate information and using the right tools. Because a lot of modern astrology has value, but it's really rooted and kind of a it's, – it's almost like standing on the shoulders of everybody trying to write books to make, you know, clients. And what I loved is going back through some of the more ancient documents, particularly the Vedantic stuff out of India, the Hebrew, the Chalbain, the Egyptian, the Greek, uh, mm-hmm. the medieval stuff, and sorting through what really works and what really doesn't. Because, you know, I've always – you know, been a skeptic, Um, I've always really enjoyed hard sciences. Um, I I had the opportunity to become involved with electronics and physics. I used to teach a class in physics. And it's really fun because science is repeatable. With the problem with paranormal stuff and also uh, astrology is it's often not repeatable the same way science is, even though it is. Uh, A friend of mine who just passed away was Dr. Claude Swanson, who um, people may or may not know of him. He wrote uh, the book The Synchronized Universe and several other books. And I think he's one of the more vocal, hard scientists who came out and made an effort to cross-compare the very, you know, elusive world of paranormal ghosts and spiritual aspects and put it to how can we plug hard sciences into it. And I think he started to build a bridge, he just passed away, that I think hard scientists can now appreciate more. Because, you know, the the ancient world of astrology Mm -hmm. truly, truly was astronomy. I think it became pop culture, particularly from the late 1800s with the Theosophy Movement and Adam or I should say Madame Blavatsky and Ledbetter and all that. That That's kind of what popularized. And then, of course, Hollywood came in. It was, hey, baby, what's your sun sign from the 40s, 50s, and 60s forward? And it really got neutered and watered down. Um, the older stuff prior to the 1600s was really extrapolating astronomy into the reality of this world. And even further, when you go back, to the Egyptian, the Chaldean, and the Vedantic stuff, absolutely amazing. It's it's stunning. You, You begin to see that astrology is not us. It's an interactive matrix of consciousness. And really, it's really truly looking at spirit manifest onto the physical plane. And the exceedingly complex astrology shows that it's not us. Modern astrology says, like everyone's running around saying, oh, I'm an Aries, I'm a Pisces, I'm an Aquarian, you know, all these different things, which nothing could be further from the truth when you look at it. And proof of that is paranormal uh, phenomena. When we look at ghosts and spirits uh, and elementals and angels and demonic stuff, it shows that we're really the physical manifestation of a very complex spiritual world.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it is I, you know, the research, it is so much more complex than, you know, just just saying you're a Pisces or anything like that. I mean, it's so much more detailed. And, you know, for people, obviously, you said it dates back way further and into astronomy and everything. Um, For people who want to learn more about how to do astrology, would you recommend starting with astronomy?
2: Well, I think when you study ancient astrological works, it's already embedded into it. So, mm-hmm. it, it, which you'll like, for instance, when you start looking at some of the more classical texts, which in the West are the Ptolemaic doctrines, or doctrines which is after Ptolemy, uh, Dorotheus and uh, you know some of the Greek works, and Egyptian, which the Ptolemy and Dorotheus is Egyptian, you'll find really fast how that's already embedded right into it. It is, astronomy is extrapolated into the astrology. And um, some of my more favorite works is the 11th century works of Rabbi Ibn Isra, which uh, he, you know, a lot of people in religions will say, oh, astrology is the work of the devil, right? Well, I got news Mm -hmm. for them. They better take a real close magnifying glass out and look at who Rabbi Ibn Isra was. He's one of the commentators in the Bible, in the Psalms, and he's peppered throughout the Old Testament. And he was probably one of the most prolific astrologers and and also theologians of the 11th and 12th century. He was born in the 1100s. And um, that stuff is profound. I mean, kings and queens would haul him around and uh, have him do various different types of astrology that they were interested in at the time. And, of course, generals are usually interested in a good time to go to war, right? (laughs) And uh, kings are interested in good times to maybe avoid it, (laughs) if they're smart. So um, very interesting stuff. This opens up a whole genre of astrology that a lot of people aren't familiar with, and that's interrogation astrology, which is literally the modern equivalent of horary. In India, it's called prashna, and it's divinational. You don't need your birth chart. You can literally ask a question and cast a chart for the moment, and see the probabilities of what's likely to ensue with the current energies in play. So that that's not predicting the future. It's just looking at the current state of events. It's like vectors in physics. You know, If you've got two cars heading at each other and no one's hitting the brakes and they're about ready to collide, you're probably going to have a collision. You see? Um, if mm-hmm. they miss each other, then they miss each other. So it's really looking at reality in action on the physical plane.
1: Absolutely. And you're speaking about current stuff, too. I know we have a lot going on right now. We just had a Lunar New Year, and we have a Green Comet passing by. Um, but you also yeah. have some 2023 predictions, if you want to tell the audience about those.
2: Yeah, I, I would say they're, they're really 2023 energies that we're all going to experience. One of the most powerful is the United States of America, is going through a Pluto return with a confluence of a number of other very powerful energies called progressions. <clears throat> and you don't even need astrology to look at the news and look at the current state of affairs to know that the world is in a tenuous place. I mean, we've got a war going on in Ukraine with the weapons manufacturers gearing up for more and more supplies. You've got China rattling sabers. You know, like you mentioned, they just shot down the weather balloon. Which, in my opinion, isn't a big deal. I mean, really, the the United States military, with its sophistication, probably didn't even know when it was being launched. They probably knew when they were filling it up with helium. I mean, you know, a lot of that was politicized a little bit. But, you know, it's good they shot it down. Um, I think the Chinese, Mm -hmm. from what I'm seeing, don't even need a weather balloon. They've got enough people right in the White House right now to figure out what's going on. But uh, the spy balloon, I guess, was... Uh, An interesting event. But, um, yeah, we've got uh, a really powerful energy on the world right now. We really kind of started a new era, in my opinion, from 2020 forward. We had a – it's called a mutation conjunction. That's a fancy word that just means Jupiter and Saturn join in an air sign. It's called the Air Trigons. And this is much older type of astrology. It actually dates all the way back to the flood of Noah. And just to put this into perspective, in the mid-seventeen hundreds, we had a fire trine great conjunction. Great conjunctions are when the world really changes. And if you think about that, not only was this country formed, but we had the beginning of the Industrial Revolution happen right in the mid-seventeen hundreds. And you know, it's pretty safe to say our lives have drastically changed in the last 240 years. I mean, we've gone from horses and buggies to, you know, bayonets and you know, carrying water to literally Internet, you know, genetic manipulation, computers, transportation that's off the charts. And this winter solstice of 2020, not only did COVID come in, that was the fascism part, but we had a joining in the tropical zodiac of Jupiter and Saturn. And a lot lot of astrologers are kind of in disagreement as to which zodiac to use, the sidereal zodiac or the tropical.
4: And I have to say Mm -hmm. both of
2: them are profound. Um, Many people have heard of Vedic astrology. Vedic astrology uses sidereal, which means it's where the procession of the equinoxes truly are more in alignment with the constellations. And, you know, anyone who studies astronomy will find out real quick that the constellations are not organized in real, you know, persnickety, little perfect 30-degree increments. They're spread out with the fixed stars. And, of course, they're named back to antiquity with all these different names. And there's a lot of mysteries that surround the divisions that astrologers use for the zodiac. There's the tropical system. There's the sidereal. And there's a lot of secret zodiacs, too that are using fixed stars, and there's even 13 signs in some systems. So this stuff is very, very old and very complex, but it's all really putting astronomy back to the events on planet Earth. And the events we just had in 2020 forward are ushering in a high-tech revolution unlike we've ever seen before. And we're going, at least not in modern history. And I can tell you that um, we're going to see artificial intelligence and various different things going on in genetics, transportation, energies, and almost every section of the world, sector of life, Mm -hmm. that's going to blow our minds over the next couple hundred years, I think over the next 20 or 30. You know, anyone who thinks AI is not encroaching on us, take a good close look around you're going to see restaurants using AI to serve you food. Um, It's already much more prevalent than we even know. Uh, The manufacturing sectors have been at this for the last 40 years strongly. I remember 40 years ago I had the CEO of a company telling me, Jeff, we're going to reduce a manufacturing plant from 400 workers down to about maybe 75 because of automation. And, This is a reality we're all going to face. And I think AI is a very uh, double-edged sword. It can serve humanity, and it can also incarcerate it. And it's really going to come back to, I think, things like the Constitution of this country that gives people rights and makes people adhere to certain elements of humanity's rights uh, as, as people uh, to, to make sure that that isn't abused. And we'll always see, you know, different pendulums swinging back and forth, abusing and, uh, you know, and, and protection as we go through society. And I think we're in a, in a major phase of that transition and transformation right now.
1: Definitely. I mean, technology has progressed so much. I mean, even just in the last 20 years, I mean, going from, you know, the internet really just starting up to everything that's happening, like you said, with AI. Um, And, you know, earlier I had mentioned the green comment, which hasn't been by I think since the stone age uh, I read online. Do events like that astrological events really affect um, kind of any readings you get, or because they're so fleeting, you know, really only lasting a week, do they not make a great change in what's overall happening?
2: They they do. And and I'll tell you how most of the ancients viewed stuff like this. They called them apparitions, events that were noted. And, for instance, one of the more well-known astrologers was in the late 1600s. His name was William Lilly. He's often quoted a lot in the more modern uh, astrology analysis. And what he would do is he would, he would use the exact same things I was mentioning, which is the great conjunctions. <clears throat> and they actually treat the eastern horizon at the time the great conjunctions would happen as a birth chart for humanity. So if we go back, that's actually treated in the, um, the, 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 some of the stuff I've been mentioning in the podcast on, on my YouTube channel and, and I could tell you they would observe what house an apparition or a comet would happen. And they would also observe the astrological configurations at the time they first appear. And this one is interesting because I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it, but I can tell you that um, it appears maybe the order of the day of this is, is again, transformation and change. And, It kind of has a positive transformation and change to it. Even though I think the United States is going – I think the next two years is going to be very dramatic for this country. It's either going to not be here as we know it, or it's going to be the phoenix rising out of the ashes. And I keep getting – it's looking – talking a lot about this. We have not only the Pluto return on the United States, and Pluto, you know, a lot of people have demoted it from being a planet. They often say, well, it's not a planet anymore, you know, it's a planetoid.
4: And mm-hmm. I always say,
2: well, you know, C4, dynamite, and Anthony Powell—you come in small packages, and if you use any one of them, you get in big trouble. <clears throat> and it clearly is a very powerful force in my observation of astrology, particularly in location astrology. Um, and it's transformative. Um, many of your ancient Vedantic texts actually have made mention of the transcendental planets of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and other what they call hidden planets or bodies in the solar system. And they just didn't call them what we call them. And obviously most people know Pluto was discovered in the 1930s. It's not that, you know, long, it's not not even 100 years yet since it's been known. I, I might be wrong on that date, but it's somewhere right around in there. And Uranus was in the late 1800s, and Neptune is somewhere in between there. So these outer planets weren't even known about in modern society. I could tell you the observation going back and looking at them, they have profound effects on people uh, and on mm-hmm. nations. Just a, a good example, the uh, Roman Empire dissolved just short of 250 years, or it divided, I should say, and went through dramatic changes at just about 250 years old. Well, that's almost the exact synodic cycle of the Pluto returns on a nation. And it completely dissolved on the second one. So the United States has the same thing going on. Just like Neptune, even though it wasn't discovered in the 1860s when uh, the Civil War broke out right after a Neptune square Mars on the United States. So these things do show up. Throughout history, even if they weren't known about, the cycles are there. And, again, the, the most profound, I think, changes in society have always been Saturn and Jupiter conjunctions. Now, those actually happen every 20 years. You know, people listen to me speak. Well, that happens every 20 years. Well, they're right. But on the other hand, they only happen in very specific configurations and joinings in the zodiac every 1,000 years, and just about every 240 to 250 years. It's not exact. It's because we deal in years. We're talking about astronomy, which is cycles of the planets. See, Earth years, that's why we have leap years and calendars, and no calendar is perfect because you always have to adjust because the rotations Mm -hmm. of the Earth don't match exactly the years. So what's interesting about astronomy which is really what ancient astrology is, is they went more by the cycles, and that might be more accurate. Even the Hebrew calendar uses an amalgamation of the sun and the moon, which might be more accurate. And, um, Anyways, we're certainly in a time of great transformation. We're going to see AI, and again, the attacks on the United States alone are formidable. If you look at What's been happening with the border crises, the uh, infiltration of various branches of states and governments, uh, you don't need to look too far to know that this is a very trying time in history. And um, I think we're going to see come of that over the next couple of years. It's going to be quite profound.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely so much change going on in all aspects, I mean, AI is pretty crazy. I saw someone actually online um, program their 3D printer to handwrite their homework for them so they didn't have to handwrite it. So I mean, it's just crazy what can be mimicked through technology like that. Um, I do know we have to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more questions.
3: It's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com, and this is one of those shows where the hour flies by. Our Today, our guest, a renowned second-generation astrological spiritual consultant, Jeff Harmon. Everyone, visit JeffHarmon.com. That's JeffHarmon.com. Instagram at JeffHarmonAstrologer. Videos and Jeff's podcast, uh, YouTube search Jeff Harmon. It's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com, and we'll be right back for the late edition of the show.
2: Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the paranormal rock star, and you're listening to The Ghost Coast with the Most, Sophia Temporelli, only on LifeParanormal.com.
4: Thank you for
0: joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. This is psychic medium Erica Busterhaney with Second Sight Paranormal TV and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures and you are listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files. And you're listening to Coast, <laughs> Coast via Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself all- into your mix of, of voiceovers <laughs> now.
1: I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break.
3: Oh, poor Dave left out of the audio bites there. And trying again, once again, to unmute. And Jeff, and Sophia, you're back on.
1: Hey, Jeff. Thank you again so much for coming on today.
2: Yeah, thanks
1: for having me. So, obviously, we talked about, you know, what you can divine with the current state of the world and everything. But with your clients, you can do electional astrology. Can you tell the audience what you do for clients by helping them select times for, you know, moments in their life, signing contracts, releasing things, traveling, weddings, all of that?
2: Yeah, that's, you know, there's a whole toolbox of ancient systems in astrology that are really useful to people. Um, I love Vedic astrology because Vedic astrology really is kind of a pop term, but it has many branches in it. You can look at your birth chart and your cycles, but also you can ask questions, which is interrogation astrology. They also call it prashna. So that is looking at something, whether it's a probability of going well or not. Um, Or it gives you insights, at least, into making more informed decisions. And then the one you were just mentioning is called electional astrology. You know, here's a good example. the George Washington and the Masons, I actually have a mural where they were lowering the cornerstone of the country's, for the capital, the cornerstone for the capital, into the ground at a very good astrological time. So electional astrology is probably one of the older types of astrology, along with interrogation where it's picking an auspicious time, either get married, take a trip. Um, I do a lot of surgery elections where, you know, you you can't, I can't practice medicine, but uh, people will say to me, geez, I have to get elective surgery done, whether it's replacing their knees or getting some cosmetic thing done. And I invariably will say, well, find out from the doctor when you can you know, do it because you're not going to tell doctors when to do surgery. Though I have had a number of surgeons who have said, geez, Jeff, we, we follow procedure continuously. You know, very, you know, when you get into medical work, my mother used to do medical work. She was a, uh, uh, an RN and then became like a nurse practitioner. So she was in the dialysis. And I, I really got to see just how sophisticated medical procedures are, and they are. They have to follow very specific protocols. But no matter how they do that, sometimes things go wrong. And what we've found is that the time an event has commenced, has a lot to do with the energies in healing or just in general. I had one surgeon, he says, you know, we follow these procedures all the time, and no matter what, when these energies were off, it just didn't go well. You know, we had complications, bleeding or what have you. So election astrology is fascinating.
4: I I can't tell you how many wedding
2: elections I've looked at, and I said, well, when did you get married? Well, we got married right here. And then I would reverse engineer it and see if you have a malefic aspect in the chart, which means, like, let's say you had moon squaring Mars in three degrees. Well, by primary direction, you're usually going to have a crap storm within three years. Now, you might survive it, mm-hmm. but it's going to come. So it's not predicting the future. It's, it's like a stop-and-go light. You know, if you run a red light and it's busy traffic, you're probably going to have a really bad day, and so will someone else. If you wait until it's green and then you proceed, you know, with caution, it's probably going to go a lot better. So it's, it's really looking at – the energies in play, which is very analogous to like vectors in physics. You're just literally saying, okay, when are the energies harmonious? So when you commence acts on that, it tends to go better. Now, there's also complex things in your birth chart where there's certain energies that need to become manifest, and sometimes you can't stop those, and that's known as karma. And sometimes the good karma is also just as prevalent as the bad. And um, it's really an interesting thing. You know, you brought up something before that I wanted to comment on, Sophia, and that was AI. (laughs) AI is going to encroach on us all. You know, a lot of people got, got down on Elon Musk when he said, I think AI is going to encroach on almost every area of human life. And they said, oh, he's bad. Well, he's actually not bad. He's telling the truth. You, you can't stop it. You know, the technology is advancing. And what this tells me, and, and this is a very interesting area for me to speak about, because you and I and everyone else listening picks up a glass of water, does something because we want to, and now enters in consciousness and spirit. AI will never have what you have. It can't. Now, it can be programmed to act smarter than you, do things more efficient. You know, we all have to go to the bathroom. We got to sleep. We got to eat, right? We get tired. We got to. So, you know, the military found out a long, long time ago that human beings are not that efficient. They just aren't. They get tired. They have, you know, physical restraints, et cetera, et cetera. So. You know, machines and robotics and AI are very attractive to people who want productivity, right? We Mm -hmm. are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And this, again, even puts more focus on if AI serves humanity and the betterment of humanity and life and creation, then it's a good thing. If it's used to manipulate, control, or destroy humanity, then it's a really bad thing. So, again, where does it put the focus on? Right back to some of the incredible things the founding fathers of this country focused on, and that is the rights of humanity. I I always tell people lately, get a copy of the United States Constitution. I got it right here in my hand. You don't need an IQ above room temperature to figure out really, really fast that this was written for the betterment of all humanity. I don't care what color you are, how skinny, fat, Paul, what, what gender, this was written. We've seen what's happened, speaking of Elon Musk, because he's his exposing in Twitter. So, you know, this is like Terminator. I, I always liked the movie Terminator, particularly the second one, where Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the script at the end said, you know, I've got to be destroyed. I've got to be lowered into the, the smoldering vat of, of metal because I can't do what you do, and that is cry. And that is so true, so true. I really give Cameron a lot of credit for writing that in if he wrote it or whoever wrote it, because that's really the essence here of what we're talking about. And when I study astrology, a lot of people say, oh, he's an astrologer. Actually, I, I kind of always have been trying to get people to realize you're not your astrology, and astrology does not predict the future. It predicts probabilities based on current states of consciousness, and if we could change our consciousness and our mm-hmm. awareness, just like the driver who's heading towards a collision in an intersection would go, oh, geez, there's a car, what would they do? You'd hit the brakes, you'd steer, you'd jump out of the car, or whatever you had to do, right? You would make an energy to change the outcome. And see, the religions have gone out of their way, oh, astrology is the work of the devil. Well, actually, no, it's not. It might be the work of the divine showing free will in That's a big difference. That's a big. Think about that. We all have free will, and everyone. How many times have you heard in a lawsuit or in a fight? uh, Well, it's the principle, right? And they'll they'll go fight to the death. Look what's going on in Ukraine. You see this this and and all wars. See, it's it's always someone imposing their egoist egoist ego. I can talk the egotistical (laughs) viewpoints on Mm -hmm. someone else's. You see what I'm saying? And that's where you come right back to the core essences of consciousness and free will and the ego in play. And that's really what I think the ancient naughty astrology, which is a branch of Vedic astrology, it's spelled N-A-A-D-I, it's not naughty, it's naughty. And um, it's profound. I always say, forget Trinity, Neil, and Morpheus. You're really truly looking at an interactive conscious matrix of souls, and many of the ghosts that we experience in the paranormal worlds are disincarnate souls lost. They may be angry. Consciousness does not shift when you exit the body. It's localized to the spirit and the soul. And astrology is really the look in time and in spirit manifests in the physical plane of that. You see what I'm saying? So so in other words, truly, we are spirit manifest. It's not the other way around. You know, modern astrology runs around, oh, you're an Aries, you're a Pisces. No, you're not. You're a soul having a physical experience. Mm -hmm. They actually say the angel ties the spirit psyche and soul to the body permanently at first breath. Breath is synonymous with spirit. And, you know, anyone on your show listening probably is very familiar with astral travel or the terms of it, right, and ghosts, etc. This proves that consciousness is not localized to the body. It's tied to it, and it drifts out when we go to sleep. But we are not these physical bodies. I can promise you, you know, all of us will exit the body known as death. That's inevitable. It's never escapable. But... If consciousness is indestructible, at least the upper portions of it, the lower stuff known as the nefesh. I, I encourage, uh, read. I have a, a, a really good YouTube thing on the soul on, on my YouTube channel, and it mentions just a very small few texts about this. One of them is called the Share Hagilgom, or Shara Hagilgum. That's a Hebrew word that means the gates of reincarnation. And I, I have to say the religion's, have truly failed us in, in a lot of senses in the communications of that particular issue, which is, you know, we're, we're not all sinners and we're not all going to hell, um, but we certainly, some of us might. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mm-hmm. you know, disagree that, that hell isn't there in, in the sense that they're referring to it. But the, the earth seems to be a place of grounding or a place of spiritual manifestation where the soul is purified and rectified really interesting stuff when you look at the ancient texts
1: absolutely and i know you were saying too that you know people run around saying they're pisces like i'm a pisces um or in aries (laughs) or something do you do you not believe that um the astrology but more just um you know, what can happen in their life? Or do you think that there is some form of your personality that can be shaped through um, their astrological birth chart?
2: I, I do. I, I, You know, that's a reverse question. Again, I don't think we are our astrology. The astrology may be us. We may be looking mm-hmm. at a a matrix here that the astrology shows where the consciousness and the soul was at that point in evolution. Um, See, naughty astrology says spirit becomes manifest at first breath, and most of the ancient astrology does too, when you really clear back some of the rhetoric around it. And what I think, I think the the planets are multidimensional switches. Here's proof of that. You know, anybody who knows anything about astrology has probably heard, oh, you have an exalted Mars or a debilitated Mars. All these planets can be in almost every conceivable condition in a birth chart. You can have, and that all depends Mm -hmm. on their positions, is astrology. Astrology truly is the astronomical positions of the heavens when spirit becomes manifest. And here's the interesting thing. If you're born at a different location on the globe, that focal point, see the eastern horizon, the exact position of the longitude and latitude at first breath, is like a lasered funnel right to the soul of that individual. And it's really astounding. You look at some of the ancient texts, and they actually have every single sidereal degree is angelic forces that are connected to fixed stars. And you can't get this out of Love, Light, and Clueless Modern Astrology. Not that all of Modern Astrology is Love, Light, and Clueless, but it's so airy. The, I mean, I always rectify birth charts by looking at the Eastern Horizons angel degree, and it's spot on. It's so accurate, it's creepy. So, again, I always say, forget Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus. Not that that wasn't a great first movie, but you're really mm-hmm. looking at a matrix here of spirit becoming manifest, in the physical plane. So to answer your question, yes, the astrology is profoundly influential in its cycles. But see, the religions were right in one sense, and they they, they literally said God or divinity or spirit is truly above astrology, and it is. The problem is we keep incarnating here with free will until we realize that. And I think – there seems that that's one of the riddles in the ancient Nadi astrology. you can actually see when a soul is getting closer to escaping from Alcatraz, is what I call it, which is really they call it divinity or moksha. It's, it's an expression that means when the soul has incarnated enough, is gathered enough experiential physical world experience to now it becomes aware, self-aware. you see? And then all of a sudden we realize that the lower conscious mind is, in Hebrew they call it the nefesh. It's a very interesting term. Um, if you read the mm-hmm. Shari Had Gogam, it talks about this. See, our conscious mind is very analogous to the keyboard, the mouse, and the screen we use on computers, or if you like cars, steering wheel, gas pedal, and brake. It's not us. Mm-hmm. See, we all run around trying to get smarter and smarter and getting more degrees and more money, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. All that's very admirable. But it's not us. When we exit the physical plane known as death, guess what you get to take with you? Absolutely nothing except your consciousness. You don't take your money, you don't take your favorite car, your favorite outfit. It's all sitting right here. And the attorneys and everyone's fighting over who gets what, right? The only thing you leave here is your conscious gathering of experience. And that's what's really interesting about the ancient astrology is it indicates that higher level. And some souls, they claim, will stay back and help their brothers and sisters. Others will escape from Alcatraz and move on. Not that this place is Alcatraz, but it can be when you're totally mired in your perception of reality of just this lower physical plane. See, they actually break the soul down into five layers. You have the nefesh, which is the lower conscious mind. That's the one we're all listening, thinking, and interacting with. That's the one that feels the pain. Then you have the spirit, which is quite magical. Think about that. Are you thinking about what you know, your stomach is doing, digesting the food you just ate earlier? I know <laughs> mine's not. <laughs> but no. know, look at your heart rate. Look at all the miraculous things going on in the body, and science and medicine is studying all this stuff, right? I always say the doctors are damn lucky we heal ourselves. Not that I don't have great respect for science and medicine, but think about that. Go kick the side of your car once and come back a week later and see if it's healing. It won't. You will. See, there's a magic, magical divinity to life and creation. Just just look at a, a baby embryo of an animal or a human being, or a plant, and then watch where it goes. Everything on this planet is creation, sustainment, and destruction. And the ancient texts called the Puranas also speak about this. The Puranas is a series of texts in the Vedantic literatures and the Vedic stuff of trials and tribulations and experiences on the physical plane. And We will all exit it. Everything starts out as a beginning, like a 3X play. It Then it grows, it matures, it atrophies, and it dies. Nothing escapes it, not even your car. So the the point is, you know, that's what I loved about looking deeper into this. And it's very humbling for me because I, I realize no one will ever fully figure this out. And I think it gives us a little sanity in an insane world. When you look at the world right now, so many people have been depressed, and rightfully so, you know, with, with all this stuff that's been going on with governments and COVID and suppression and money and manipulation. And they're not wrong. They have a good cause to be, you know, upset or you know, dissatisfied with some of these injustices. But on the other hand, there's something that AI will never have that you have, and that is free will you think about the human spirit and the spirit in all living things, that is a magic that cannot be replicated by AI, artificial intelligence, or any other machine. It's, you know, when they break, they break. You know, you can program AI to act way smarter than you and I, I can promise you that, and it will. AI mm-hmm. will logically outperform any human thing. I had a gentleman back in the 80s who was originally involved on the research team of radar back in World War II. He was an absolute genius. And I love this man because he knew so much. And he would talk about his research in the military and just profoundly intelligent and he said they did studies on human proficiency, and he said we, we know we can't get much more than maybe 55%, 60%, and there's different opinions on that, but that's about as efficient as a human being can get. I've got to go to the bathroom. I've got to sleep. I've got to take a break. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm emotional. I, I need a break. So we're, we're like that because we're spiritual beings with physical you know, uh, encumbrances. But what's mm-hmm. so miraculous about life is that it has free will and that it's really a vessel. These meat suits are embodiments, or you could say the shells that hold souls and spirits. And that's so different from AI. And that's always been Absolutely. the central theme of all your Hollywood movies.
1: Um, Definitely. And I know we're coming towards the end of the show, the hour went by so fast. Um, it's always fascinating yeah. getting to hear um, about astrology from you. But for everyone that wants to learn more or um, book a reading with you, where can people find you?
2: Oh, the best place is uh, Jeff at jeffharmon.com. It's H-A-R-M-A-N. Or you can, uh, yeah, you can just email Jeff at JeffHarmon. And then also there's the YouTube channel stuff we're putting up. And uh, we're working on a bunch of stuff right now in the whole social media area, which is a lot of fun. And you know, my goal is to get people to realize the value. Of, of the inner driving of spirit. You know, you listen to all your, you know, self-helpers, positive thinkers, whatever you want to call them, or personal coaches, um, you know, even a sales meeting, you know, whatever you pursue in your life, what's the one ubiquitous thing we see? Is everyone trying to evoke enthusiasm? Just, you know, when you look at that word alone, you know, it enthusiasm, you know, I mean, or whatever word you want to pick apart like that. It's all, again, about mental states. They actually say the entire physical universes are held here by the, you could say, cymatic or flows and chantings of the upper angels creating these entire universes. They, they claim there could be 49 parallel universes and 49 subdimensions wow. in each one. And they say the same thing on the astral planes. So when we look at, you know, what the heck is life, it's really centered around consciousness. It really is, because that's the only thing that's indestructible. Everything else is going to... to go through the evolution.
1: Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for coming on today, Jeff. It has been great talking to you, as always, and you're always welcome back on the show in the future. So um, thank you again so yeah. much for coming on.
3: Yeah, well, thanks you for having for me. us, too. Thanks, Jeff.
2: Thanks so much. All right, guys. we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Bye.
3: Thanks. Well, fantastic show today, Sophia.
1: Definitely, Jeff was a great guest as always. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week.
3: Bye. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Jeff at jeffharmon.com. That's and a website, uh, jeffharmon.com. Also, too, as you mentioned, videos and Jeff's podcast. uh, YouTube search Jeff Harmon. Next week we have Psychic Radio Rod Shelton. That's going to be the 11th, and we'll see you then.
1: Hi, this is Debbie. And see Ghost Adventures.
3: You're listening to The
1: Ghost Host with your host Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all.
0: Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media stop by now and join in on the fun